All right, welcome to Texas, and it looks like the volume is good. Uh, I'm Boone. I'm Levi. And uh, it is uh, getting to be beautiful here in Texas, man. I think the season's starting to change a oh, little yeah. bit, right? Getting into springtime. Yep. It's getting green. We were all snowed in not too long oh, yeah, ago. Just a few weeks ago, there was <laughs> snow on the ground out there, man. Yeah. Uh, now we're hanging out outside with t-shirts on, you know? Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. Like it's whatever. Man. It's a good time of year. I like this time of year. Well, the first, what we're going to start with tonight, and uh, like I was telling you, is that uh, I really, even though this is just our opinion-based show and we just have fun with it, uh, I did want to like not just get onto the same talking points, you know, because even though I respect them, I think they're probably relevant. I think that, um, you know, just mimicking what people that probably have more to say about something, I, I just, it's more fun to talk about something that I'm interested in, at least to spark, you know. Right. thought you know or you or anybody else right yeah so I, I try to veer off and one thing i was i was thinking about that um i don't know i just think is very relevant is is political but also and mostly the media's tactics to control public perception and really public thought and public discourse in a right. lot of ways you know like what they choose to highlight and what they choose to they've become so relevant in everyone's life news yep. has become so relevant in everyone's life that anything that we say or anyone says like if all all the little podcasts and all the big shows and all start to mimic some type of a dialogue right you know then it's just becomes problematic and um well i mean it's like i've uh, I've, i think i've talked about it before on this show way back one of our first episodes i mentioned the uh, little montage I, I saw on YouTube, this was years ago when I saw this video, but I think it's very relevant today, and it was just a bunch of different clips from all different uh, news stations, you know, NBC, ABC, C- you know, CBS, CNN, Fox, they were all there, and they took all these clips and they started overlaying them onto each other. And playing them all at once, you know what I mean? All their audio at once. And eventually it got to a point where there was about 15 or 20 screens on one screen. And they were all speaking almost robotically in unison. Saying basically the same thing, you know? And uh, and that, that just is just like what we were talking about. And what they can do now... Not just now, like I said, that video was years ago. They've been able to do it for years. I think people are just now really starting to catch on and talk about it, you know. Uh, And one thing that really helps is like the social media. You know, that's that's why we hear about all these things we we get on here and talk about, you know. Yeah. Uh, But like when it comes to like what happened uh, at the Capitol in January, you know, they can just. I mean, that was the same thing. It was just this robotic. Every news station saying, "Oh, this is just this is terrible. It's the next. It's the new 9/11. It's the new Pearl Harbor." You know, like what? Four people died. Three of them were from heart attacks. You yeah. know, yeah. I mean, and that's the new 9/11. That's your new yeah. Pearl Harbor. It's ridiculous. You know, uh, but just that's just one example. You know, and what they did to Donald Trump throughout his campaign. Well, that's I think that is what really see. That's what I think. Someone had told me that. I think my sister told me that. She was like, you know what I see Donald Trump as, whether you like him or not or hate him or whatever, what he definitely was is a flashlight into this deep, dark, corrupt system that we have, have just, has just, no one, I mean, it has just developed. You yeah, know, I for think whatever we've all reason. known about it. Oh, I of, think course, everybody, of course. Yeah, everybody yeah. has way, always known about in, it. In one way there. or the other. In right. one way or the other. But, you know, again, I you know, how it all plays out is to be seen you know i think it's too you know it it depends on your perspective how it plays out i think in a lot of ways and you know for people to sit there and try to but i don't know so my my question to this is before i get too far off track because i kind of wanted to have a question about it at least to at least to us that we can answer and uh it's how will how will what's going on because i do agree with you most people see through the shit especially now i mean it's so with Donald Trump made it obvious, and then also just after the the since then it's been obvious since they're not covering. That's another thing is you know and I try to give give it a fair shake and like listen and say like see what's going to happen in the direction of the country. But I mean, the, the media was very biased 
to Trump in comparison oh, yeah. to what they are now. And there's no doubt about it. He would have not been able to get away right. with the yeah. same stuff. But uh, so uh, how how will this, what's going on with the media, affect the trust in any media at all moving forward in the future? You know, how do you right. think? I think it'll affect it very negatively. I think that your establishment media, uh, you, you know, your big eight, your your Fox and your CNN, especially your CNN, I think CNN's going to, they're probably going to end up tanking. It wouldn't surprise me if CNN tanked. It wouldn't surprise me if a few of the bigger, more established media sources tanked because I think that the trust is going to just, it's going to plummet. Just like the trust in elections is now going to plummet in this country. The trust in media and in really government and media in general because they've, they've almost become one. Government, media, and corporations, they're all just... It's like somebody... You know, you, uh, you ever seen that style of tree where they take three or four you know, separate trees and end up weaving them and they become one tree? They were three trees, three separate trees that were supposed yeah. to be their own separate things, but they've, been we- they've become weaved together and they've become this By big roots, tree. I mean, yeah. I, I really don't think anyone can argue with that, that, that we have this very gross consolidation of media and corporations just going right into the establishment, the the moderate establishment, uh, Republican and Democrat pocket, you know? Yeah. Uh, And, I mean, that's really where it's all, you know, these moderate Republicans and Democrats, you know, they're all, they're the same, two, two sides of the same coin, and... They control it all, pretty much. Yeah, yep. I totally, I don't disagree with anything you said for sure. And, um, yeah, I think we're, I, yeah, I mean, it, it's not going to go well for sure. And I think that what it will probably do in the long term is make people be a lot more cautious about how they present media. Right. And w- and the other thing is that I will say is like when when CNN or you know maybe CNN will be the first big news corporation to tank one day but i think when they tank what typically happens is they consolidate right you know but it's the same indifference you know one of them goes under and the only one who has you know the want to buy and spend that money on buying the assets from it is the one that it was kind of partnering up with there at the end so well and you'll probably start to see new like newsmax i think is one of the new news uh platforms that has kind of risen out of the it's coming to the, the mainstream a little bit it, yeah, yeah and it has i know that a lot of different uh like tv providers and now stuff is like that newsmax is newsmax because they all lean a little right. bit one and, way. and i'm pretty sure newsmax is is like the new fox you know? oh okay 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 it's right right leaning yeah right. see and that's that's again that's kind of the uh I mean, and I don't want to knock on them because I've never listened to it enough right. to know because maybe they are leaning like maybe they are really good right. journalists. And I, again, I think it probably is necessary. And whoever's yeah. running these organizations is probably going to say, "Listen, you got to be some sort of a journalist." Right. I mean, if you're going to be a, well, I, a factual yeah, journalist, you know, and that that's the thing. Anyone who goes to any sort of news station where they're just sitting there all day long talking about different topics and expects to get this completely non-bias. Uh, information, you know, is fooling them. I mean, of course, it's going to be biased. It's going to be biased if not to who wrote it. It's going to be biased to who's talking, you know. I I think that, like, probably the most unbiased source of news you can get nowadays is, like, uh, you know, when you're listening to some radio station like 92.3 The Ranch here, you know, just here in Bandera, I can think of, when they just start to rattle off the news and they just, all they do is just say, this happened, this happened, this happened, and this happened, and that's it. You know, here we go, back to music. We're not going to waste your time giving you our opinions on what happened. This is what happened. You know, form your own opinion. And I think we really need to go back to that kind of news. Yeah, well, that's the separation between a station that's, you know, a a time for music and a time for politics. Right. And and same thing with sports, you know, a time for sports and a time for politics. I think that's fair to say, and... You know, for them, you know, they don't want to lose advertising dollars and stuff by getting opinions involved. That's why right. what we do is actually, you know, I mean, I, I actually would would more appreciate to do just sit here and give my opinion because, you know, I, it's easier for me to just right. say what's on my mind and just try to, you know, 
Well, and we're not relaying news. Exactly right. That's exactly right. They, we're you're not journalists. You know, yeah. and being a journalist is a is something. Yeah. It's a skill that you have right. to have. Getting on and saying an opinion. I don't mean to like knock it. I think it's fun, and I think it adds. Well, you know, yeah, clever definitely. topics oh, to the yeah. debate, but I mean, it's not—it's not what being a journalist is. That's much right. different, and uh, I do think that people need to separate the two, and we do need to separate the two. There are some really good journalists out there that do good work, right. and uh, they should be applauded for that. And they do get applauded for that. A lot of them do. And uh, again, the YouTube space and channels like that have allowed them over the years to gain a platform on their own, which is really good. Right, but. Um, you know, that, that day's probably coming to an end at some point, yeah. you know, and, and I think building other sites again, it's just going to be that competitive thing. But again, the, the kind of the foundation of this segment and we'll end it here in a little bit is that, um, the, the media and what's happened over the past, after, like four or five years, it, a long time, but especially expedited, uh, when we saw the bias with Trump and again, Trump deserved criticism. Right. He absolutely did. I have no problem with that but come on you can see that there was an overwhelming bias to call him a racist which he denounced several so so many times it was it was like come on let's move on to something that's that's more relevant to us all you know it was like they were feeding that fire and i don't care what side of the aisle you're on it seemed like they were just feeding that fire constantly like you couldn't turn on the news and then not be some negative thing about so, you know, let's just yep. move forward. You know, he, you know, it is what it is. You know, accept it. You right. know, and that, and again, I ask the same thing now. It's like, accept what's going on and don't try to fight it. Like we were talking about, one of the big things right now is the cancel is cancel culture. Yeah, They're like, yeah. hey, they canceled Dr. Seuss. They canceled Mr. Potato Head. And you think like, I mean, uh, they canceled him, but th- that doesn't mean you have to cancel him. I mean, right. you can still teach him, and you you don't have to be mad about someone that wants to. If they control things that make these books right. and make these things, then that's fine. If you still have those things, great. If not, I'm sure there's a black market you can find them. You might have to pay a little bit more. Yeah. It goes to show why some of these some of these things right. that we hold valuable to us, you know, end up being worthwhile. You know. Exactly. You know, that's the thing. You know, we don't have to just because these. These social winds which blow in any which direction, you know, you got to ask, am I, you know, are you a tree or are you a, a weed, you know? Because yeah, a weed just bends with whatever which way the wind is blowing. That's which way the weed is going to turn, you know, yeah. is going to bend. A tree doesn't give a crap, you know. Standard, and, yeah. you know, but, but I mean, but if you really watch a tree, it's got a little bit of give. Yeah, I think you've got to yeah, have a little bit sure, of give when it comes absolutely. to social winds. But, uh, you know, the, this... It just made me think about a meme I saw, you know, on uh, on Facebook just a little while ago, because you're just saying, you know, you know, they can cancel whatever they want, but that doesn't mean you have to cancel it. You know, you depends on how you live your life, live it however you want, you know. And and, and uh, it was someone who shared who had shared a meme. It was a picture of like a 1950s barbecue, you know, and everyone's all dressed nice, and it's just this very stereotypical 1950s barbecue scene. You know, I don't know how to really yeah explain it but anyway uh the caption was like you know just want to go back to this you know or something like that some like some that you know you see a lot of that kind of stuff on facebook and anyway somebody commented on there like bro just get a girlfriend and have a barbecue (laughs) you know like problem solved bro yeah, but yeah. I just I I laughed, man. I thought that was so funny, you know, because it's true, you know. I mean, yeah, just be, you live your life. Don't meme about it on Facebook, you know. Get yeah. like you said, get a girlfriend and go have a barbecue, you yeah, know. Put, put some nineteen fifties clothes yeah. on if you want to to make it feel right for you, you know. What, yeah. Whatever you need to do, <laughs> dude. That's <laughs> but, great, man. That's really yeah, good. Yeah, for real, you know. Get a girlfriend and have a barbecue. <laughs> That's it. Damn, that's good. Yeah. All right, segment two. Uh, after the last segment, it's a little bit of a turn, but uh, again, it's another just something that I don't know a lot about and I really want to educate myself more on because it's right here close to home. Right. And that is uh, Elon Musk back in you know the mid-2000s started to talk about um, building a private anti- you know, non-governmental space program, right. uh, space, the SpaceX program building onto it. And uh, 
he was there was some other places he was thinking about going. I think Alaska, California, Florida, Virginia, and maybe Georgia or another state came in there and was named uh, in Texas. Yeah. And he ended up coming to Texas and bringing it. And where he brought it was a place called Boca Chica. And Boca Chica is down just south, about 30 miles, uh, just south, what, southeast Brownsville. of it's Brownsville. Brownsville yeah. It's southeast of Brownsville. It's just south of South Padre Island. Right. So, uh, and that's where, actually, if you go to South Padre Island and they were going to launch one, you could see it from there. Yeah. You know, so uh, I cool. actually saw a musician. Really cool to watch. There's a musician named Jeremy McComb who is a musician from Nashville, who was down the last time that they launched one and had a video of it. Oh, wow. You know, That's so, cool. yeah, so it is cool. I mean, it yeah. adds it adds that, and then, you know, they're, they're what they're trying to do, is, this is what I, I highlighted here, Levi, is that, you know, Elon Musk wanted to start a non-governmental space program. He, he started this, this really started to roll in about 2014, 2015. Right. Okay, That's so it's been around for a while. And, um... And so, what do you think about Elon, number one, what do you, yeah, what are your thoughts of freedom, Texas, and exploring space? (laughs) Pretty much. Hey, you know, I think that a private enterprise should be free to explore space. And, you know, if someone like Elon Musk has the capability to go to space, why not? You know, I I remember uh, when I was a kid, this this, uh, movie came out called uh, The Astronaut farmer or something like that do you do you know what i'm talking about the one no, where uh, i think no, it's no. Uh, i think it was like bruce willis or uh yeah i'm pretty sure it's like bruce willis he builds a he builds a space shuttle like in his barn pretty much you know and he wants to go to space and he, he's able to do it but the government tries to tell him he can't you know and, but anyway that's kind of what this reminded me of yeah uh, <laughs> and uh you know yeah i i'm totally for it um, I'm really hoping that the the big regulations and stuff that come along with these kinds of economic changes kind of don't get too bad here in Texas. You know, I, I think that a lot of, like we were just saying a second ago, you know, don't really know whether to be like, all right, you know, it's all, you know, this kind of, of wealth and energy is coming to Texas, you know, or, or whether to that is something we should be a little bit more cautious and reserved about, you know, like, yeah. whoa, hold on, a, you know, hold a second. Uh, yeah, I, I think as long as everything's clean, you know, I think Elon, right. Elon Musk exactly. is out there in the public. He's not some hidden figure. I think right. it's pretty easy to do research on him and see that he's a fairly reasonable person. I don't think he's someone that pe- but we were talking about too, like when you garnish that amount of, pa- like just naturally, when right. you garnish that amount of power and prestige that, it comes with ramifications when you move something like SpaceX here. Yep. Definitely people exactly. want to come here and stuff like that. But again, the other the other side of this whole whole thing is I think right now we're all so hyper focused on corruption and everything being corrupt and you know, the one good thing about things kind of falling apart in a sense yeah. is that after that we learn a lot from that experience and how not to go down those roads and how to you know, you can believe in things and believe in progress in a good form i don't mean that in a bad form and not and 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 it be clean you know i was talking to somebody who's a hate to even put it this way but they're like definitely a liberal you know and uh i always have great interactions and discussions with them i have no problem and because i'm i'm not i'm not on either side you know i can talk to anybody and if some people make sense on both sides and some people don't i'm both on everywhere yeah, yeah. and every in it from every walk of life, really, myself included. Sometimes I don't make sense, you right. know. I'm well aware of that. But uh, you know, she was saying that like you know you have to have politicians. I get that you work in your community and you get involved in your community, and you know action is is good for everybody. And I'm not saying that, but you have to have politicians and politics to kind of like oversee things. And I I said I said I don't disagree, but as the way I see it, it's just theater. It doesn't have right. to be that way. I'm right. not saying it has to be that way, and and it could be great. I mean, look, if you fall, it, if it's more simple, it could be great. Right. But when you distort things, like going even going back to the media and things, when you distort things so badly, you create this massive distrust. Yeah. And so then, when people like Elon Musk, who I feel like he comes with a lot of prestige, and I think more, and probably the older he gets, he's realizing it. 
I'm sure of it, and he knows how to kind of utilize it a little bit more, which is what it is. But right. I think all in all, he really just is an excitable person that wants to do something with his time here on Earth. Right. You know, exciting. And, and I think that's not a bad thing, and we shouldn't feel to think so cynical about things until they themselves prove to be corrupt. You know, it wouldn't be his fault if people came here and brought, and brought you know, right. you know, politics and yeah. stuff like that. So I like to separate that too because I'm kind of a fan of exploring Mars and and if oh, people yeah. want to go into that's space awesome. and take trips, I mean, let them do it. It's their life. They get one time. If that's the way they go out and they want to pay money and yeah, I mean, no, damn, absolutely. let it be. If Elon Musk wants to set up a resort on the moon, dude, do weekend trips up there. We will know. Go for it, man. We will know quick about this whole Earth is hey. flat thing for sure. <laughs> the problem will be solved. Do you for know what real. I'm saying? Like there will be yeah. enough evidence and proof at that point to finally, you know, stop that. <laughs> that you know. Yeah. But. Uh, yeah, I think it's. I I do agree, man. I, I know that the culture here in Texas is just. It's not going to change. in In a large part, it has it has always been uh, a little bit. Uh, it, you know, it's slowly been progressing, and right. there's been a lot of change over a lot of generations here in Texas for a lot of different reasons. You know, it's not the first time that people have come here, and you know, my family came here early. Right. You yeah, know, and, yeah. and, uh, so I, you know, it's, uh, and we'll be actually talking about that here in a little bit. Yeah. But, uh, uh which I love, man, because I think that's, that's one of the things that people probably should do more with their time, myself included. I, myself, really, is I, I feel like that studying more history will give you a lot more indications of how things are going to roll right. and how things typically play out. Because, man, if there's one thing, history does repeat itself for sure. Right. You know, yep. but, uh, yeah, it, it, so it, it changes things, but um, I, I, again, I don't think things are all bad. And I, no matter what you can say is what we're going through right now politically and socially is very bad. And there's a lot of upset people who feel like the system is corrupt and they're right. <laughs> all yeah. of them are really right. You know, all of them have a, a story to tell. And, and I'm sure in some ways they, from their perspective, they're not wrong. Right. Um, but it, it's a... Uh, out of it, I think that we will, again, that there will be a lot of things to take from it. And uh, having things like Elon Musk, he's not going anywhere. You know, that's going right. to still be around no matter what. It's pretty, I think I think pretty much across the board, people kind of respect it. Right. You know, I don't think it is partisan at all. You know, I think yeah, it's kind of something that everybody likes is space and exploration and things like that. So, and it doesn't, and it's, and it's non-governmental. You know, he put his own money into it. I mean, how can you not respect that? Jeez right. Louise. I mean, I definitely respect that. So, yeah, my thoughts on freedom are it's, it's good. And yes. uh, <laughs> my thoughts on Texas are it's good too. And my thoughts on, on exploring space is I've always loved space. And oh, you, I know yeah, you are like a big fan of space yes. too. So, yes. uh, yeah. No, so, yeah. I see where it goes. Right, know? yeah, exactly. You know, like, I, I mean... What a time to be alive, you know? Yeah, when, when, that's when right. something like this could be happening, you know, um, private space exploration. Right here in our know, backyard, right seriously, yeah, not real. far from us at all. Really, here, you, know? you know? Not I mean, far. I don't know how... I'm surprised that we couldn't see a, a rocket launch from, from here, you know? Yeah, I, mean, I don't know so, how far the range is. Yeah. I mean, we do live... It'd be about... To, to drive to Boca Chica, you're talking about five, yeah, about five, five and a half hours. hours. Yeah, yeah, that's probably a little bit of curvature there. Yeah, but know? it depends. Yeah. It depends right. on how clear the skies are. If it's nighttime and it gets high enough up there, I mean, maybe yeah. you can I have no idea. Yeah, I, I really don't know. But it would be interesting to know that and... You know, with things like this come information, you know, probably yeah. if you go down there, maybe eventually they'll have like some type of like museum or something. You could check it out. You know, I like right. stuff like that, you know, and especially if it's somebody who just invested in it because they care. Yeah. You know, I think that's kind of a, uh, you know, uh, an interesting thing. Right. But yeah, so I don't really have much more on the topic, but I think it's cool. Oh, yeah, I think we yeah. covered it well. All right, segment three and uh, tying into uh, we left SpaceX and the reason I wanted to have I, I kind of snuck this segment in in a way um, and this is just the, the kind of the the ongoing um, the ongoing saga that will always kind of continue at least through our lifetime I'm sure that is socialism versus capitalism right and uh, this one is kind of a uh, this one's pretty deep. This one's where you really it really pays to know history, you know, and I, I don't know enough 
uh, about history to really be educated enough on the matter. But from my own perspective, um, I, I just, I look at like this Elon Musk situation and that's kind of what I see is you take a guy like Elon Musk, who I can't think of someone, especially in his class, that is actually literally more progressive in the way that it's meant to be used, you know, electric cars and space exploration. Um, he's like, that's a, that's, you know, pretty progressive ideas, I would say. And what would make him want to come to a state like Texas for a non-governmental uh, space program? You know, and I think the idea is because he pays low taxes. They're very, they're very no business friendly. They allow him the creativity <clears throat> to to be responsible. Because right. you know, being free, it doesn't mean you can be a dick. Right. It means you can be responsible. And if you're not responsible, you get punished for it. That's the glue in our society today right. is the justice system. and and But again, even that's become very right. much corrupt. And I do understand that there are... Well, I mean, even, and even since, you know, even since the days of Greece, it's been said that, you know, liberty can really only work with a, with a moral people, you know. I do wonder, like, what happened with the whole Jeffrey Epstein, Ghislaine Maxwell, <laughs> yeah. you know, like that just went away. Yeah. Do you For know, real. I mean, it's, no, it's crazy. It really is. Oh, and how man. deep that story They got put really... down the memory hole, dude. You yeah. know, the memory <laughs> hole, dude. It's crazy. That's crazy. Yeah. But anyway, so, you know, socialism to me, the I, the idea and the premise is great in, in theory. Right. And I do understand people's plight with it. And I, and I think in some instances it's absolutely possible, especially in smaller communities. I, do, I don't believe that it's impossible. You know, and, and you also have to realize... The, 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 tie, the tie to socialism that people do get me on is like, what about the people who can't, who can't, you know, fend for themselves, the elderly people right. who can't work anymore and things like that. But that's the other reason is that, is that if you have this socialistic society, those people are probably going to get swept under the rug. Right. Really. You know what I'm saying? Because it's just, those societies are just there to feed the, the class that moves the machine. You know, because that's how I look at it. It's just this big machine. You all have to really work in unison. On a collective level, it just doesn't seem like it could work. There's too many moving parts right. to make a, a, a country this large work under socialistic premise. And that's what we've been doing, I feel like, for a while. It's somewhere in between capitalistic and socialistic. It's really not yeah. either. You know, like there is some capitalism. depends on who you are. It depends on if you buy the politicians. And how much influence you have in Washington. Right. And, you know, there's a lot of... It's not one way or the other. But, like, when you think about, like, taking money from somebody like Elon Musk and taking money from his business instead of him paying his employees more, you know, you know, expanding his research or whatever he wants to do, you're taking that money and then funding these programs a lot of times that right. I'm all for building the roads and doing the infrastructure. That's great. You know, do that. Tax for it and... And do right. it, but man, it's just out of control. You know, you're paying for these, like we were talking about with the whole power outage thing. You know, all these yep. eight, nine boards that you have to go through to get, I mean, it's just too excessive. It's too big. And the reason that they're able to do that is by high taxation, really. And, and it just right. is going up under a new administration. And I think that's a, I think that's a, a flawed way of looking at it. Right. You know, I think people that do good things should be rewarded. You know, and I and I know they are to some degree, but again, that that, I mean, really, at the end of the day, when you start from scratch, Elon Musk has accrued money, okay? He 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 has this business, right? And we're just going to start from there. And he wants to, I mean, the government—it is the public's business to know that he's not damaging the earth, and he's not doing it. Is it is our business to know that right. a, a huge thing like that is not destroying yes. things around us that is absolutely but you know and i and i think that it should be the government's role or us as a collective see that's the thing we are the government to make sure that we keep oversight on that uh, one one instance i'll give you and i'll turn it over to you and let you just uh have at it is the sabinal river and i'm not going to name any names because i don't think that's productive but there's a a a, a, a entity that bought a ranch out there that's an old camp and they wanted to dump wastewater 
into the Sabinal River and just say, hey, it'll mix out, you know, can we do this? <laughs> and it started this huge stir where people post, you know, save our rivers, yeah. you know, don't allow them to dump, you know, and, and it started the, these petitions that were being passed around and people to get very politically active and no government was needed. There right. is no government out there. It was all the people that came together and said, dude, this is happening, and instantly it was done. Right. You know, and, and uh, that is kind of, I know it's a smaller version, but uh, that's how governance can work. You know, you say, hey, we all, been, we, this, is, this affects right. everybody, right? Uh, it doesn't have to go through nine boards. There's an in-between, you know, there really is a fine balance to protecting these laws and then overstepping what you're doing with the people you're supposed to be protecting. Right. You know, and that's where I feel like we've come in a yeah. lot of ways. And again, we talk about socialism, capitalism. Socialism, they say follow the money. It starts with money, you know, where you share money and you share resources. And, and then all of a sudden, which again, I'm not against sharing, but right. for someone to just come in and just take it, you're, yeah. you're like, you're making people not want to share. You're almost making them more greedy in a sense. You know, I, I, I just, yeah. Right. You, well, and you know, I've always, I, I, when, whenever this debate comes up, I always love to use the Plymouth Colony example. You know, I think it's just one of the prime examples throughout history of this capitalism versus socialism or communism debate. You know, uh, because the the Plymouth Colony had a little experiment with communism, and it it failed. It failed pretty badly. A lot of people died from starvation and malnutrition during this little experiment they had, you know, because they, they discovered that there's really no, there's, there's little incentive under communism and socialism because what, you know, I, I think a lot of the people who uh, support communism, I think, have it in their minds that they're just going to get to just lay around, do whatever they want all day, and hey, it's cool, you know, the government's going to take care of me. We're all, you know, <laughs> they, they, they think that the, the means of production are just going to magically be able to stop, but society's going to somehow continue, you know? Uh, but under capitalism, I got off a track there a little bit, with the, with the Plymouth Colony, when this communism failed and they instituted capitalism, they said, okay, we're just going to, we're going to plot out the land, each family is going to get their plots, you're going to grow, you're going to eat what you grow, you're going to be able to trade and sell with what you grow on your land, you know? And, I mean, it just, it was like a 180 degree turn, man, you know, because people had incentive. What kind of incentive do people have to take care of land that's not going to be their children's, you know? That's not going to be able to go to their posterity. They don't have that incentive, you know? Most, most people wouldn't have that kind of incentive. What kind of incentive does anybody have to get up and go to work if they they just know that, hey, we don't have to get up and go to work, you know? I'm going to get that government check anyway, you know? I can just go get in the bread line, I'll get my food or today. Or how exciting way. is it for them to you say, know? you know, this is the job you're going to do, and when you go in, you know, you basically <laughs> give them 40% of your check back or something every time. Right. Anything, you know, the more you make, the more they're going to take. Yep. So it, 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 think about that incentive, you know? They right. almost... They don't want you to get rich, man. You know, they don't yeah. want you to do well. You know, it almost seems like exactly. that. I mean, I'm not... Yeah. Oh, yeah. no, And even today, I mean, with how hard it is to start a business in this in this country. I mean, really. And I mean, even a small business, a simple little business, there's all sorts of government paperwork and stuff you got to go through. You can't just... You know, gone are the days when you can just... You could just get a building, either rent or buy a building... Put a sign on the front of that thing. Fill it with some sort of goods or services, goods and/or services. Slap an open sign on the front of it, and bam, you got a business. Yeah. You know, report your earnings, and you'll get your. You know, you'll have to yeah. pay your income tax. Yeah, I had a little small. Whatever. We had a little small but, food trailer, man. It was hell, man. It was hell going through getting licensing for that. Just for that, it was. It was a lot of work, yeah, man. Just for a little food trailer. It took a lot of work, man. Yep. You know, it, uh, yeah, you know, and again, I, I really do see the argument for having, I'm not completely, I'm not, you know, I've never even thought, of, I mean, I, ha, I I understand what anarchy is and I understand the, the, the plight of, of people who really just don't trust government at all. But, right. but if the government, if we see the government as being 
what we participate in and we're all a part of, you know, then it's not something that has to be evil. And that, right. I think that's where the big misconception also comes in is like, you know, the more we pay attention, the more say so we have, I guess, then, you know, we can definitely, you, you help, you know, uh, draw to the narrative. But I mean, the problem here is that the, I mean, the money supply being controlled by a few and being distorted the way it is. I mean, again, it's not even socialism. I mean, it's right. almost a different type of... It's corporatism. Yes, yes, really yeah. Really, it's, it's, a, it's a mix between the two that it's like... So you have this idea that like... So if you control, they can manipulate... They, they control all the big institutions. And then so from there on out, whatever happens, it's like you have a little bit of freedom to do what you want. But then if you get to a certain point, they could easily destroy you. Right. And you're seeing that, you know, I think in a lot of ways even. But it's, it's hard to describe. And again, this is just my opinion on the way I see it. Right. Um, uh, and I think it, that it's, for me, I think I would rather live in a place where I could go to work. And then at the end of the day, uh, I could follow my politicians, you know, website and see what they were voting for and see what they were doing and know that they were... Keeping my taxes low so I could try to do things, you know, first of all, get my life in order, you know, and for my kids. And I think anybody else who doesn't think that way, you know, is probably lying, you know. And then also, you know, to help your community and put money back into your community. And that should be, that's how it makes the country great, right? If that's what we're doing. Uh, and when the when it's going to all going to one place, and then a few people are taking the money from there, and who knows what they're doing with it? It just more and more goes to them, and more and right. more disappears. It seems as if you know. Well, yeah, no, I mean, and <laughs> I'm gonna bring it up again. I'm gonna bring it up. We bring it up every single episode. And I'm gonna bring it up right now. Let's go. That Federal Reserve, man. <laughs> that Federal Reserve. You can't. You know, I was just about to say. You know, it, if you want real capitalism, you have to have real value. Yeah, you know, yeah. and I mean, and you have to live within the means of that value, and that's something that we have not done yeah. for a very long time. And uh, the supply of money and and how you exchange has right. to be tied to some value, some way. Exactly. If it's distorted, that means somebody's distorting it. Yep. And you have somebody who's distorting what you're all using as value. Yep. And that's what's been going on for a long time. Exactly. It's it's pretty amazing. It's uh, you know, again, man. It, I guess if you've listened to people like uh, Ron Paul, not to say that he has all the answers, but he definitely tackled this issue, Ron Paul, better than better than most, man. And he he made me see. And I know there are flaws in in all the way capitalism, like you said a minute ago. If there's not a glue to hold things together, uh, then. Uh, I can see problems with capitalism and people, you know, not caring about the environment enough and just going in there and rapage, raping and pillaging, basically. And right. we've seen enough of that in history to where we shouldn't have to keep repeating it, right. you know, uh, to where, like, we could think smart and do things that are smart and more consistent, uh, you know, with, like, moving forward in a productive way. Uh, but at the same time, having few control many uh, is not the answer. And I don't think that's socialism. Uh, people would say, actually, that's capitalism. But I disagree. Because what I've seen as socialism is that we all pay in to this system. And then the system collects the money. And those few just control what everybody does. Right. You know, and that's, again, maybe that's not either. They control where maybe the money goes. Either. Again, I, again, I keep you comparing know, it's, it. it's not necessarily that they control... What people, what everybody does, it's that they control where that money goes. Yeah, you know, they can pump it into whatever kind of programs or corporations they want it to be pumped into, and then they give the crumbs to everybody else. I really know? should do more. I will do more research and more due diligence to study both sides of, of that argument. Always, I'll never, I'll right. never not study people's plight. But from my opinion and from my research and people that. I enjoy to can I just connect with. Right. Uh, it's always been people that think uh, that there should be value behind every single thing being exchanged. You know, when you exchange things, you don't go trade somebody some notes on a piece of paper for a few chickens. 
Right. You know, unless those notes are backed by value that they could exchange for that. Exactly. Unless they could take that note to the bank right then and there and get the actual value that it represents. And and this is also the exact reason right now. And I don't don't fully blame this on socialism. Again, I'm going to, I've said that four times in this segment already, but I want to really emphasize that is because. I don't think this is all socialism either. I think right. this is like, like you said, corporatism or some odd spinoff of of both of them. But uh, you know, socialism to me will always lead to corruption. It will always lead to people's not not getting the best out of people individually because they will say, "What's the point in my life?" Right. If I don't have anything to work for, if it's gonna, you know, and then tie that in with corruption. And things that happen, I think that it's not it's never a good recipe. Right. But giving people a little leeway to say, follow your heart, do what drives you, and we're going to be here to protect your right to do that. Right. I think that seems like a pretty good standard to set, you know? Yep. We all pay in a little bit. We need roads. We need infrastructure. You know, we, we need that technology, and that's, you know, we're all going to oversee. It's an easy budget. It's not... Right. It doesn't seem like it has to be what it is. Yeah, the Uh, state, you know, the state's not going anywhere. You know, all these people who have these dreams of anarchy. Anarchy, even when it does exist, it never lasts long, you know, because anarchy is a vacuum. Yeah. And and, and if you're asking for a vacuum, then, you know, you you better beware of whatever's going to fill it. That's actually very dangerous. Because something is going to fill it, you know, and I can promise you. And you're you're most likely not going to like whatever fills it Mm. a whole lot more than, than you don't like right now. Yep, yep. yep. We'll end right there. That's enough. So I quit repeating myself. (laughs) (laughs) All right, man. Uh, This one, this last segment I thought would be fun. And uh, I've been doing some reading. And again, I always do more. I'm not ever going to claim to be smart because I'm definitely not that. But I am interested in these things. And um, I love the history. So uh, the War for Texas Independence uh, is really dated 1835 to 1836 but right. truly the conflict started prior to that there's a lot of oh, build up yeah. to this and uh what did you say the first actual conflict was i would say that the first actual conflict was probably gonzales yeah the ba- uh, yeah the, you know when the mexican uh, authorities ca- tried to come in and confiscate a cannon that they had there, and that's where that. That's I, I what, know, that's actually, where the actually, flag. I think that was later because was that, later? that was after the Alamo because they were saying at while no, they were right, doing that, they right. were saying, "Remember yes, the Alamo, right. remember Goliath." No, maybe no, that, that, that was, was San Jacinto. Jacinto. That was San Jacinto. Okay, so maybe no, you are right. Yeah, maybe you Gonzales, are. Gonzales, right. yes, Gonzales is where they. Tried that to is right. In. You're right. That was yeah. in the beginning. It, it right. was because they. They had a cannon that they gave to people at Gonzales yes, to protect, to protect them, from them from the Indians. the Indians. Yes. Okay. And they tried to come in, and that's where we got our famous Texas flag, the uh, the come and take it with the exactly cannon right. and the star. Exactly right. Because that's, that's what they yes, said, come and take they it. Came, yeah. That's and so uh, very good. Yeah. That, that, that that's where I would say the Texas Revolution really began. Yeah. yeah that, those were the first shots, anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, and then and then you get on to there was other battles and conflicts, but the the big one and the one that uh, it started us here with. So I know that there was more to this page, and I think it just didn't load. But uh, I'll start here. Um, the Alamo and the Goliad, yeah. they call they say the massacre of I guess it's the Goliad massacre well, it was because definitely a massacre. Well what happened is they took five four hundred or five hundred right. prisoners and they took them back and then Santa Anna had to Goliad right. and it said Ma- it just kill them all. Yeah, and so in that them. way it was a it was a massacre. Right. Uh the Alamo was more of an elongated, like two month long thirteen days. Yeah, thirteen days. Thirteen day. day siege. Yeah, and yep. it ended on March the third. Yes. Or it, it'll it'll say right here. It'll say right here. It in, it in, or, uh, 7,000 troops began to march northward. Um, that was made difficult by unusually cold weather. Having crossed the Rio Grande. And, oh, unusually cold weather. Yeah. It was one of these years. Uh-huh. Not like this year. Nah. Uh, having crossed the Rio Grande in the first days of 1836, uh, Santa Ana, or uh, is this? No, this is uh, whoever he is. Who is this? Yeah, Santa yeah. Ana. Yep. Santa Ana uh, advanced on San Antonio, which seemed less likely um, than Goliad. So he reached there. March 6th was the Battle of the Alamo. March, March 6th. 6th, yeah. Ah. They, but, Santa Ana's forces began arriving to the Alamo February 23rd, 
Yep, right there, until the Mexican attack on March 6th, in which all the Alamo's defenders perished. A few... This is this was interesting. Right. A few non-combatant women, non-combatant women, yeah. uh, children and slaves survived and were allowed to leave. And this was because what we were saying earlier too, off the air, is that uh, at the time Mexico had abolished slavery in around 1820, right. and so by Mexican standards, slaves were free men already. Right. And uh, they allowed Texans to bring the United States policy. If they would migrate down to Texas, so they allow them to have slaves, and so once they once they uh, this battle ended, they freed the slaves. I just thought that was an interesting that adds a whole different dynamic to the history. Yeah. Because remember, those slaves become freemen. They leave, and they have their own history and family heritage as well. Man, it's right. it's phenomenal. Man, it's really phenomenal. Uh, and then, yeah. uh, anyways, uh, so so we yeah, have we that talk about the Alamo, you know, for because uh, I've always had you know an opinion that I don't think. I definitely think a lot of Texans would probably boo this opinion. It's all right. It's an opinion, man. We're allowed to have it. (laughs) Man, the only real tactical good that the Alamo did was was to be used as a martyr. You know, I would say that the term "remember the Alamo" is just about the only good tactics that came that came out of that whole battle. You know, Sam Houston had recommended to William Barrett Travis that he burn the Alamo, destroy it. And uh, I really think that's what he should have done. I mean, 180 lives, you know, could have been saved. They probably could have gone and linked up with Houston and and fought Santa Ana somewhere else, you know, at San Jacinto maybe or something. But at the same time, one of the big motivating factors and the big thing of San Jacinto – Remember Goliad. Remember the Alamo. You know, it really gave... Martyrs are a powerful thing. And yeah. that's what the, the Alamo really is just the... If you ask me, it's the biggest story of martyrdom out there. It's, you know, in, in history almost. It's it's comparable to like the the 300 or something like that, you know? Yeah, it really is. It, it's, uh. it's interesting. You know, they say what, like close to 7,000 troops of, you know, yeah. Santa Ana is coming in and... and uh, yeah. Yeah, so you have that, and then from there you have uh, <coughs> the Battle of... Uh, so, And then the Goliad Massacre happened. Again, uh, Goliad was fought. Uh, well, no, so so let's see. What exactly happened here at Goliad? Goliad, the, the Texians pretty much just surrendered. Yeah, they surrendered, and then, and then... So then they had 400, basically 400 to 500 prisoners right that they just they just basically they told them they were going to march them uh to louisiana and that they would be just set free but boom they, they them. massacred them yeah. yeah interesting and then the then the final lar- battle that that ended this uh well actually it didn't end it but it ended it for then uh right. was the battle of san jacinto which is where that's the famous one you know remember the alamo and remember goliad and uh that's really where they captured Santa Ana, and then they, right. they kept him captive, and then they let him go and said, as long as you go back to your people and let them know we're a free state and you treat us that way, right? But then right. they say that they really never considered it that way. Like, no. it, the battle was not over at that point, right? Right. Well, I mean, it, it was, the battle was, like over. you said, that for battle, that time, but the war they was captured not over, Santa Ana, right? yeah, that, that, and then... After that, that's when, like, the Texas Rangers really started to come into play, you know, because, I mean, for, for most of, not even most, for pretty much all of Texas's time as an independent nation, it basically never had anything that you could call an army, you know. Well, what it had was the Texas Rangers. If you know this, and I don't know if you know this or not, but what is the history of the Indians' uh, participation in this conflict, 1835, 1836. Did they just stay they out were of it? They were pretty much out of it, yeah. You know, they were they stayed out of this. Maybe they I've had never, run-ins I've never with heard the of, armies or oh, something. Oh, I'm sure they had their run-ins with both sides, the Mexicans and the uh, and the Texans. You know, they were both invaders to the to the Native Americans. Yeah. Uh, you know, they. I'm sure they probably just would have considered the Mexicans still just as Spaniards. Yeah. You know, uh, but, uh, no, I'm, I've never heard personally in anything in any of my reading about the Texas Revolution. I've never read anything that suggested that the 
natives participated on either side of the Texas Revolution. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of interesting, man. Yeah, you know, it's no, an interesting they, time. They were chilling out in the plains just like, I hear that those, uh, I hear that those people over there are just killing each other. <laughs> yeah. Exactly yeah. why, exactly yeah. why we didn't want them here in the first place. Yeah. You know? Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's, you know, when I think about like, uh, the way I, I look at life and the heritage of this country, uh, it's really, and I, and I know that everybody's imperfect and every culture really is imperfect. There's no one who's going to, you're going to be able to say it's just the perfect culture. We all have, you know, things right. in our cultures that in history that are like something to learn from. And, and, uh, I, when I look at the Native American culture, man, the way they were so grounded to the earth, man, just had this premise of working with the earth. That's deep, man. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? No, That's is, super yeah. deep. I, I really connect with that a yeah. lot, you know. And like when conflicts like that happen, they kind of, I know they didn't stay out of it, but they only, I feel like that they really fought when they felt like they had to. And I'm sure, sure it became, the further it went and the more people encroached, they probably did attack people quite a bit. And I'm sure there were attacks yeah. and things. And we read about it in our history here. But, uh, I feel like, in large part, especially when it first started, they they were threatened for sure. But man, they weren't someone who was going to go take over another person's land or something. It didn't seem right. like that. But I'm sure they were violent well, amongst they, them, themselves yeah. as well. Yeah. I was going to say they they did quite. The, yeah, they they did their share of taking each other's land. Yeah. for for thousands of years before the first white person. They were set obviously on, yeah. They were obviously all very North tribal. America. You know. Yeah. Uh, you know, like I've. Uh, yeah, the Native Americans. The, I, I agree with you that there are many very admirable traits and qualities of their culture, uh, their their connection with the earth, and uh, I think that their way of life w- was really suitable for for their time and their place in history. You know, when there was a, when there was a couple hundred thousand people yeah, on the entire dig, continent, you still dig for their and, work, man. Yeah, no, I do. I, I I am a huge admirer of Native American culture. I've got like five books. All the Native Americans in my in my uh, book. We're not far here. removed from them. You know, oh, we really are not. Just hundred. Mm-hmm. We're we're less than hundred and fifty years removed from. Excuse me, from the Native Americans being right here, where where we're standing, pretty much. You know, uh, but uh, but at the same time, I think that uh, they are they have become a little romanticized. I think that the idea that they were all just sitting around singing kumbaya smoking until the peace yeah pipe. smoking the peace pipe singing kumbaya until the first white person showed up and then everything just went to hell. I, I don't I don't agree with that. You know they were definitely slaughtering each other and taking each other's land. Yeah, and there also before. were some that had fairly advanced civilizations. They weren't all yes. just free roamers, right? Right. No, they yeah. When most Americans think of the Native Americans, they think of like a Plains culture Indian, you know, who lives in a teepee and who follows the buffalo herd around, you know. Most Native Americans actually would not have been in uh, part of that culture, you know. You would have had like your, uh, up in the Pacific Northwest, you had a very distinct Native American culture. That's where you like your totem poles come from and stuff, you know. Uh, and they built big, huge log huts. Same thing in the Northeast, the, the Native Americans that the uh, very first white settlers in America would have been encountering, they would not have been living in teepees. You know, the, the, that's not the Native Americans they encountered. They would have encountered uh, tribes like the Iroquois, you know, and, the, and uh, that lived in big log huts and had huge towns and yeah. were very, you know, yeah, they were... They were a society. They weren't just a bunch of cavemen, you know. Yeah. They were they were they their way of life. Yeah. Yeah. They were definitely a civilization. And they definitely felt threatened, I'm sure, right? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what do you think they thought? You know, can you just imagine seeing like boats start to come yeah, in like they, It's like this is it. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, right? yeah no. I I don't think probably changed their reality. We couldn't it, even imagine it, you know. Yeah, well, it changed it's just like today, how our reality is all changing and we're all right. like, freaking out by it. Their reality changed Shame. just like that. They're like, "Oh shit, other people do exist." Yeah, you know, I yeah. mean, pretty much. Yeah, like, pretty. Yeah, the story is true. Oh, you know? man. When boom, and it's like when, it's like everything. The, their oh, whole perception just changed. When the eastern hemisphere met the western hemisphere, it was just like 
a whole new chapter in history, man. I yeah. mean, it changed everything forever. It changed everything for everyone. Yeah, and yeah. I think I think I really do feel like, especially in our country, in our place, you're seeing a lot, a very similar time. Oh yeah, well, right it's just now. cultures, you know, the cultures replacing one another. You know, when we see it now, the culture that replaced the Native Americans well, and, is uh, now being replaced. So in America, we do. The other know? thing I will say is uh, about that same time uh, when it, when Texas had its independence, especially that the German population. Yeah. became very prevalent in Texas as well. And that's why you have all these German towns, you know, around the 1850s or something. I guess right around the swing when it was becoming right in the States. This, yeah, and the the Mexican Civil, War. During the Civil War, uh, the Mex- the uh, I'm sorry, the uh, German communities were actually very pro-Union. Uh, like, I don't know if you ever heard of the uh, massacre on the Nueces uh, that happened over in uh, Comfort. I'm pretty sure it's in Comfort. The Truda Union Monument. It's actually the only Union. It's actually the only monument dedicated to Union, to the Union that's in the old Confederacy, and it's in Comfort, Texas. I'm pretty sure. Uh, but anyway, it's where a bunch of uh, German Unionists got massacred by Confederate forces, who accused them of being draft dodgers, and just. Some people call it a battle. It wasn't much of a battle. It was it was much more of just a massacre. But uh, but it, a fun fun fact, real quick, just because we're here in Bandera County. Bandera County was mostly Polish during the Civil War. It was not a German county. Kerrville was obviously German. You had Fredericksburg, uh, Kendall County, Castroville. Medina County. All these areas were German and were very Unionist. Bandera County was actually an, an kind of like an island. All the counties around us uh, voted against secession. Bandera County was the only county that, in the entire hill country that voted for secession yeah. during the Civil War. Yeah, interesting. Very interesting, man. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I, 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 the reason I bring that up, too, is because besides the German uh, population, you know, um, our culture down here... Uh, is is very heavily uh, Spanish, M- Mexican, oh, yeah. uh, native. More, it's different than being up in the Northeast. Very much. Of, I mean, it's really when right. you talk about it like this, it's not. It's really night and day. You know, not that it can't, you know, coincide. You know, yeah. to some degree. I mean, I know there's a lot of things crossing there, but man, it is like. Uh, yeah, I don't. I don't really. You know, so. I think that our culture does have some independence built into it, you know, right. and it definitely does have its own kind of twist to it that's really uh, much more Mexican than European, basically, yeah. you know? I mean, really, you know, yeah. at least it's half and half yeah. at, at very best, you know? Or at very worst, whatever way you look at it, very, just, it's it's not even, it's, it's uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. I, growing up, man, I mean, I, so many of my friends going over to most of my friends' house, man, were Spanish-speaking households. Right. I mean, I was much more accustomed to the to yeah. the Hispanic culture than any other culture in the world. Yeah. You know, uh, much more, and you almost feel like that. And when you drive down to Boca Chica, we were talking about that earlier. I mean, mm-hmm. man, you feel the culture. You know, it's yeah. very alive. You know, and uh, again, going back to the one before that, I feel like that. Uh, the Mexican culture, not to generalize all of them, because I know all of them think differently than each other. Not all of them agree, but they do seem like a more conservative mm-hmm. base of people. A lot of them work in, in, you know, just work their asses off, man. Yeah. You know, they're they're taught to do that. And I, I don't know, man. I just always really appreciate the Mexican culture a lot. I've always yeah. kind of felt that's why I think one of the reasons I like Texas is like. It, because because of that culture and then the American culture and then Texas's history. It did spark this very independent mentality here, right. like it really did, and I and I do appreciate that. And then going back to where we started this whole episode is is that changing? And I do believe that in some ways it has been changing for a long time, and it is. But man, I don't know. When you live in rural Texas, you you still feel yeah. the effect. You don't feel right. any different. I mean, yeah, it's still pretty much the same. You have great culture um, all over, and good people, you know, all the people I've ever worked with, you know, I've always really gotten along with. If we had time, the battery's going dead, or I would tell a story about a friend of mine, but I'll get into it another time. Uh, But, uh, yeah, well, 
from uh, 150 years ago, man, from natives to SpaceX today, <laughs> Texas has come a long way, dude. It's crazy, man. It really is insane. Yeah, peace out. We want to say thank you so much for listening to our podcast, The Independent Thinking Texans. A lot of times, you know, we may not necessarily know what we're saying or doing, but who really does in this world? It's a busy, busy place. Thank you so much for taking the time, though. We do appreciate it. Keep thinking for yourself, always and forever. Have a great day.